welcome. This is Ginny Sufert, and I'm here with my good buddy, Mary Ellen Barrett at the Stay at Home Schooling Mom podcast, sponsored by Seton Home Study School. We have, I think, a kind of terrific and a little bit unusual for uh, for homeschooling co- topic today. Yeah. But before we get to that, I'd like to uh, just tell you that we very much appreciate our sponsors, uh, Seton Home Study School and others, as you'll hear later. And we very much appreciate our listeners. We've been pleasantly surprised at the number of people that are listening to us. So please, you know, when you go to wherever you listen to your podcast, like and subscribe to us and tell your friends about it, share it. And uh, you'll see the little rating thing there, like one to five stars. If you feel inclined to give us a five-star rating, please do. Uh, if you feel inclined to give us less than that, please don't. <laughs> but well, I should tell you, we get no money for this or no remuneration. <laughs> But as we have said before, we are homeschooling moms and we are used to doing lots and lots of work for nothing. So this as is I'm sure all of us. our listeners are too, <laughs> right? Well, that's that, that's the case. You so know, anyway, Mary, maybe you want to uh, introduce today's topic? Yeah, it is a little a little unusual. We're calling it Raising Worker Bees. And I guess the reason we were addressing this is that we have found through our life experiences that kids don't want to work anymore, like at jobs. You know, uh, Jenny and I both grew up in a time where I had a job starting at 14, like an out of the house summer job where you go. And had a paycheck, right. It wasn't and just had a paycheck. Right. I worked for the diocese and I was, the, you know, they have the ministries appeal or the bishop's annual appeal or whatever your diocese calls it. Um, back then they did it on index cards. Like they would write who the donation for that year on index right. cards. And that was my job sitting on this tiny stool for eight hours a day, Monday to Friday, filing index cards. It was horrible. <laughs> but I made I, I made a little more than minimum wage. And my mother said, uh, she worked for the diocese. She said, they need somebody to do this. This is going to be your summer job. And I went, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Well, we were all expected to work. I had, yeah, absolutely. That was just the times. Uh, my most boring job. That sounds actually better than my most boring job. Uh, when I went to college, I lived in Yonkers. And right behind the house that I lived in, was a huge photography studio that did like little kids photos and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And in those days, things were film and they would have give me this long strip of film. And I forget how many individual pictures were on there, but with a grease pencil, I had to number one, two, oh, that's awful. three. Oh it, was, it was awful. But again, it paid a little bit more than the minimum wage. And interestingly, I used to sit next to the ladies who would call up. A lot of people got these... Um, these photographs through diaper services. If you got a diaper oh, service, yes. you were entitled to free free photos. So they would call up and, hi, this is Jane Smith from Walker Studios. Uh, I, I just wanted to tell you that we can, you know, send a man to take your pictures on such and that sort of thing. And I used to listen to this little spiel that they all gave. And I memorized it because what else was I doing besides <laughs> numbering boring films? And one time a bunch of people called in sick. I said, oh, I could do that. And they moved me over there, oh, which was at least more of, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, at least you're getting to talk to people. Wow. Yeah. But and I think what I think that's kind of what we want to get at here is that first of all, you want your kids to have a strong work ethic, but also you want them to understand that hard work and sort of a worker bee attitude can get you moved up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's an important point. Like you don't need to to graduate from either high school or college and go out and start, you know, run the company. Cause I, I find that my husband finds that attitude in these recent grads. Like, what do you mean? I'm, you know, going to be doing this very boring accounting. He's an accountant, um, this auditing work or whatever it is, something that's dreadfully boring. He's like, but 
you know, I'd like to do the kind of thing you do. And he's, and he'll tell them, you know, in 40 years, you can. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe less if you work really hard at what you do, but not now. You know, you're not running out of the gate being a partner. So yeah, it's, it's hard because they, there is kind of an attitude in a lot of people that I, I'm so special. I'm so special that I deserve better. And they've been told this all their lives. Yeah. And like so you, get, you get a trophy for participating. You know, even if you never made a goal in soccer, you still get the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just not like that in the real world. I mean, you're going to have to maybe bring people coffee and make a lot of copies and do, a, you know, running around like that. Um, one of my first jobs on the trading floor was making copies for people. And I moved up because yeah. I was smiling and I was pleasant about it. And I wasn't complaining. And and you move. And right you actually up. made the copies. I did it so all this, right. This is you know, th- these things. A really big issue. Yeah. I went back to work. I was in my late 40s uh, because we were going to lose the house. I mean, my husband carried the ball for a long time by himself. And uh, the world had moved from paper to digital. I had no idea how to do any of this. I have to be honest with you. But I showed up. I showed up on time. I did. And originally they brought me in because they needed somebody to do paper filing. Mm-hmm. And six months later, I had done other jobs. They said, oh, could you do this? Could you do that? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. You're paying me. I don't care. I'd clean the bathrooms. <laughs> and uh, what happened was she made me her executive assistant out. But I showed up. I showed up on time. I did whatever I was asked to do with a smile on my face. Kind of what you're saying. Like I made my copies. Yeah. I gave them out. I did it with a smile on my face. And what we've had, so we used to, we just sold our small business a couple of years ago. And I have to tell you, whenever business owners get together, whenever we get together, we would a couple of times a year, what they talk about is how difficult it is to find employees, people that show up, that show up on time, that stay off their phones. Yeah. Well, that's a big that's problem. That's a huge too. problem. That's a big problem, even in the schools, from what I understand, like kids staring at their phones, so they're not learning anything, but it it's all... It's all about teaching the kids. You want your children to go off and not only just do well in life and earn good money and be able to take care of their families and all that. That's all incredibly important. But we want Catholic kids everywhere, really devout, well-catechized, well-formed, good consciences, Catholic kids in every aspect of life. So To become leaders. Yeah, to become so leaders. Somebody at McDonald's has to be the shift soup. Exactly. It doesn't matter. When we say leaders, it doesn't always mean like the president or the senator or the judge or anything like that. You can be a leader of any little business in your community. You can be a leader of a ministry in your parish, but you have to you have to work hard to do that. And instilling a a work ethic nowadays isn't as easy as it was when Ginny and I were younger, because, first of all, it's hard for kids to get hired to do things. in our local uh, like fast food places and stuff, which is what I did in high school too. I, I had those kinds of jobs, but they're all elderly people now working in them. Yep. Which is- Because elderly people show up, they show up on time. <laughs> and, and I've read things where they say older people, it's harder for them to learn how to do it, whatever the task is. And I believe that young people catch on faster, but old people show up and there's a lot. When you and I were younger, uh, if you went to any grocery store in the United States after three or four o'clock in the afternoon, it was all teens. Yes. Yeah. Teens yeah. ran every every cash register was teens. Every shelf was being stocked by teens. People were and kids don't. So anyhow, the big question is, how can you give your kids this strong work ethic? And uh, there's an old joke. Mary Ellen and I are both from New York. <laughs> and the old joke is somebody, uh, you know, asks a cop on the street, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? And he says, practice, practice, practice. practice. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's all it yeah. is, is practicing your work ethic and and demonstrating it yourself, like modeling a good work ethic as a parent. Well, yeah, yeah. If you're sitting there eating bonbons and watching TV, but let's face it, <laughs> eating bonbons and watching TV is like a dream for most of our moms. They're thinking, oh, yes. maybe someday I'll be able to. Right, um, yeah. Someday I'll be able to sit with a hot cup of coffee. That was always my dream. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be exciting? Um Part of the issue today, and I think this is a real big part of it, is if you went back even 50 or 60 years ago, women were doing laundry in machines that didn't have a spin cycle. So you had to run the, the wash through those rollers. If you've ever seen pictures yes. of those washing machines, which was yes. a very heavy job. Then you had to hang the wash on a line, wait for it to dry, bring it in. And even in my own youth, what you had to do before permapress is the next day you would then sprinkle those, you know, with water, you'd sprinkle them with water, roll them up, and have to iron everything. And that's yeah. just laundry we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's just laundry. two days of work. I actually am still an ironer. I like everything crisp and everything. I like to iron. I'm one of those weirdos, but we don't- I we, iron too, but let's face it, when you put your wash in a machine, now you push a button. Oh, right. Yeah, and it comes out like <laughs> mostly okay, because everything's got a little bit of a blend in it. But uh, you don't need people to work as hard in the home and outside the home as we used to because so much automation you have a dishwasher right so, so now kids would have to haul water and wood and they gather eggs yeah. and they shoveled manure as soon as they were physically able very often five or six years old if you read books like farmer boy by laura ingles wilder mm -hmm. i think it's around his eighth birthday in that book and this kid is doing a full day's work right in addition to school i was you know he comes home from school and he's have a job I mean, he's not allowed to have a snack because he had to get to the barn right away. Um, my son was doing uh, his eighth grade reading test yesterday, and he had to read this story and then answer a bunch of questions about it. And it was it was um, something about the Roman soldiers and stuff. And and we were talking about Roman soldiers. And, sure. and I said, because he's 14 and the other one sitting there listening is 16, I said, you know what, back then you'd all be a soldier by now, or at least in training. Like at 16, oh, yeah. you'd, you'd be out there, you know, fighting a war and they're looking at me like I'm nuts. But it's true. Like there was a time in life where you didn't really have a childhood. You were a child and then you were an adolescent or a young adult. There was none of this teenage stuff. Well, there was really no adolescence. Yeah, there was kind right. of child and then you moved to adult. And if you look back on it, I mean, I guess the show Newsies is the most famous, but uh, kids were delivering newspapers. They were stocking shelves. Yeah. And by the way, they weren't using that money to go to the movies. They were turning it into their families. Right. Yeah. Maybe you'd get a little things. pocket money here and there, but mostly you were just helping, you know, keep things going. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, my dad bought a gas station when my brothers were nine and 10 and they were pumping. In those days, you didn't pump your own. Uh, they hired people to do it and he didn't have to pay my brothers. I love it when you go somewhere and they pump your gas. That's why I like stopping in New Jersey on 95. They pump your gas. New Jersey, right. I, <laughs> I hate pumping gas. My husband mostly does it for me. But, you know, I remember as a, a kid, they wore uniforms too. Like very often there'd be guys in like the cover coveralls and they all look very nice and they come out and wash your windows. And yeah, so there are less jobs like that. Now, so it's harder to teach kids a work ethic when they can't get hired outside of the house. But it's in it is incumbent. But the first thing is we have to give them a work ethic, and that means yeah. that we have to. I mean, right now, like I said, they're not hauling water and wood anymore. We're thrilled that they make their own beds. That should just be a given. You get up in the morning and make your own blessed bed. Oh yeah, you clean. You, you don't put your dirty laundry. You don't put your dirty clothes on the floor. Yeah. You put them in a hamper. And there's things like uh, you're the one that sets the table. 
you brush your teeth, you wipe out the sink, you wipe down the counter, you know, after your shower, you put your whatever's away, shampoo and stuff, like neaten things up as you go along. That's just part of being a courteous human being. But it is establishing a work ethic. As you go through your day, you're putting things away, you're you're taking care of things, you're wiping things down, you whatever. Um, that's that's working and it's important. It is. That's that's how it starts. Yeah. And then look, I if I have a one granddaughter is two years old. And she, her mom, her mom is a neat freak, I have to say, but she's taught when she took the, the diaper off, the baby puts the diaper in the diaper pail. She takes her clothes off, the baby puts the, her clothes in the hamper. And that's and she's such two a good old. age because they love to help. You know, they're helping. Oh, she's so proud can, of herself. Yes. Can you help mommy? Can you do this? Can you help mommy? I used to love to give them like a paper towel. You spray a little water on it. Go wipe something down. And it, who cares right. if it's wiped down? But it gives them something to do and it teaches them, oh, we clean up after. And they're helping mommy. Or now they have, Um, I just saw this this week. It's the cutest thing. You know, those Swiffer, uh, the dust mop things? Sure. They have them little for little people now. Like you could buy a short one. Very Montessorian. Yes. That was Marie Montessori's thing, teach them practical life skills. Yeah. And I, I would totally buy one if I had a little person to have them follow you around. I mean, it's got to help, right? And they're helping and they're learning how to clean up after themselves and they're learning how to work to keep a, a household going. Right. And I think that's wonderful. And it's absolutely essential. And by the time they get to eight or nine years old, I really think uh, they have to have regular, regular chores that must be done. They're not to do what if you can. So, for example, your eight-year-old has to set the table. Most eight-year-olds can do that. Maybe you have to get the dishes down out of the cabinet, but they can set the table every night for dinner. A table, you know, that sort of thing. And Janie cleans up afterwards and she takes the dishes off the table and puts them over by the sink and rinses them off. Yeah, every day. Uh, but they, they have to have, have to regular days. responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody is responsible for the living room. Somebody's responsible for vacuuming the downstairs, whatever it is. They have to have regular responsibilities. Now, it's interesting. Uh, when I thought about this uh, podcast at first, uh, I had thought about allowances and it came up this week on one of the homeschooling uh, pages on Facebook. Do you give kids an allowance? Oh, no, I feed them. I let them live here. <laughs> allowances are for bit like I pay for big jobs. Now, my 14 year old this week is going to be once the rain stops, it's been raining here forever. Um, when we have a few clear days, he's going to stain the back deck. He's going to power wash it and stain the back deck. And he's going to do the patio. For That's a big job. I pay for that. Yes. And he's saving up for um, something with his bike. I don't know what it is, but. So he's going to get a good amount of money to do that because that's going to save me two or three days of going outside and staining. And, you know, it's it's a lot of work, but I don't pay them to just do things around the house. (laughs) I would say nobody pays me to clean and cook and I do more than anybody else. I've always been taught um, (laughs) by my mother that when you serve your family, you're serving God. You're also serving God. Um, He puts you in this little corner of the world. Uh, he gave you all this stuff. We all have more stuff than we need. And, and God has blessed us with all of it. Take care of it. And you help. You help out to take care of it. Um, so that's it. We are abundantly blessed, especially my family. We are abundantly blessed. So you are going to show your gratitude for that blessing by mopping my kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> you just are. That's just the way it is. Big jobs I'll pay for, though. I will say I, I, I was the same way. So if you cleaned out the whole garage, and it was a massive undertaking. You get some money for that. Uh, but I will say that while we all shared in the family's responsibilities, we also shared in the family's abundance. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I we I was very generous with my kids. We we all share in support house. We all share right. in being generous, in being generous with one another. And um, I often think so. My my one daughter in law is the third kid in the Chinese family at a time when that wasn't really allowed. Oh. And her family uh, used to have to pay massive fines for her to go to school. And she told me once that her older sister helped pay for her college. I've never heard of that in the United States ever. Wow. Well, that's wonderful, though. I mean, gosh, how hard would that be? That must be really hard. Imagine. <laughs> no. <laughs> but her older sister helped pay for her helped pay for her college because her family was not particularly wealthy. And I thought, wow, wow. You know, but all of us share in the needs and all of us share in, in the generosity yeah. of the family. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's, that, that was my thing about allowances. I'm glad we agree on this one. I didn't know we hadn't talked about this before the podcast. I know. I was waiting for Mary Ellen to something like, well, wait a minute. I don't think well, that's very fair. <laughs> no, no, that's just, it's one. the way I was raised too. And, and people can differ on that. I mean, you can pay your kids an allowance and it's still instilling a work ethic in them. If, especially if they are, you know, homesteady kind of people or they're doing just an enormous right. amount of work or, or this is party for your family culture and that's i i don't disagree with the idea of an allowance it's just never worked for us i i have certain expectations of my children and we have a much bigger family you and i have bigger families like paying an allowance every week right. to eight kids what would be left for me <laughs> like, <laughs> right. then i couldn't feed you so it, you have to kind of balance out which what, what your needs and of your family are and, and figure out what best works for you guys. Um, we also don't want kids to have a sense of entitlement. Yeah. And that's really big in our society right now. Like I'm entitled to this. No, you're not. No, actually your father's the one that went out and worked. <laughs> I went out and worked. You didn't go out and work. So no, you're not entitled to anything. I know. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you this might be a really that in homeschool circles as much, but you do see it like when you're out in stores and stuff like that, the kids who are like, well, I, I want this. So buy it for me. <laughs> right. oh, we see it all the time yeah. or i'll throw a fit you know so it's, it's even bribery in a way like you don't want me to throw a fit yeah yeah um, so anyhow, that entitlement no. is just wrong it's just wrong <laughs> it is so i think this might be a good time we, we as i said before uh seaton home study school is our major sponsor we're very grateful for that but we do have other sponsors and now might be a really good time to uh just get a word from one of them The goal is to promote a deep love of truth through a silent reading of texts as individuals and then the coming together as a community to talk about those things. Ultimately promote a friendship with the truth through the friendships we foster between students and, and their peers and between students and faculty and between faculty. The best friendships are those who share common good. And I think the highest common good that we can share is, is the, the love of truth. The fruit of that is the formation of students whose commitment to truth is already in them and their capacity for truth is already there, but we try to draw that out every day. Hi, I'm Dr. Christine Basil. I'm an Honors College professor here at Belmont Abbey College. The Honors College at Belmont Abbey. To learn more, visit www.bac.edu slash honors. And so we're back and thank you to our sponsors. We are ever grateful for them. They do a lot of good work and we are happy to support them and we hope that you look into them as well. So back to worker bees. We are talking about raising worker bees and instilling a good work ethic in your children. So 
We just talked a little bit about little ones and how we can encourage them to help and start uh, helping around the house and stuff. What about teens, teenagers and money? They all want money. Well, you know, by <laughs> early teens, first of all, this is when they're always asking you for money. Yeah. They're, they're starting to have a social life. dollars to join the softball team sort of stuff. Yeah. You know what? Earn your own 120 bucks, to be honest with you. Uh, it is harder. We both said this before, and we, we, it's worth saying again. There used to be a time your kid could go to McDonald's, fill out an, an application, and they'd almost always hire them. Right. And that's just not the case anymore. Um, we we live pretty close to a, a shopping center that has many, many retail stores in it. And every single one of my kids has gone in there when they turned 16 and they are turned away every single time. They just don't want to hire 16-year-olds. You have to wait till you're 18 or 19. They just don't want te young teenagers. And now today, it's funny that we're recording this today. I'm taking the 14-year-old up to the high school to get his working papers. I don't know. If, is that a thing in every state or is that just a New York thing that you have to get working papers? No, it's in Illinois. It's, a, it's just something in Illinois, too. It's probably more the blue states and the red states. Is yeah. I guess, so you, yes, you but... take them up and you show the birth certificate and um, another proof of ID, like Social Security card or something. And they give you it's it's a card. And that proves that you are... 14 years old and you can work. Now he's he's got a job on a fishing boat this summer. We live near oh. the ocean. And this, you know, this guy who is in the scoutmaster of his old scout troop is a captain of a fishing boat. And he, he said, you know, you can come on the fishing boat and work a couple of days a week. So I have to get up at 5.30 in the morning and drive him out to, you know, wherever it is, the, the dock, so he can be a fisherman. But we have to get this paper. But anyway, he's 14. So he's already going to start working right. all summer on a fishing boat, which I'm sure is going to show that, up in that his was book dumb sometime. <laughs> that was dumb That luck. was sort yes. of dumb luck to get that job. It really was. However, I should point out altar servers. Many of our kids are altar servers. Mm -hmm. uh, they get yeah. money if they work funerals or weddings. They do. And my my sons have all signed up for the special training for that. And as homeschoolers, they kind of cornered the market on that Friday afternoon wedding thing, which is very popular around here. It is. It is. And and sometimes, mostly they don't use altar servers for funerals, but sometimes they know if it's going to be a big deal funeral, like, you know, if a police officer dies or something like that, they will ask my sons to come in and serve at those. And they do get tipped. And sometimes very generously, people are very kind about that. So they make yeah, pretty one good of the money. Things, so all of the, the opportunities we're going to discuss now, sort of important to let people know, and they might not know, that your kids are homeschooled. So therefore, they are available at 10 o'clock on a Friday morning for a funeral or right. at 3 o'clock on a Friday afternoon for a wedding, yes. which lots of kids are not. Um so church is certainly a really great place. It's the new employment agency of Catholic homeschool kids. <laughs> my kids have got more jobs through church. I, I have two sacristans. And now my one of my daughters is the director of music for our parish, a big parish. And it's a it's a very kind of high. Yeah, that's another job. thing. If your kids sing or play organ, they can get jobs doing that because the regular organist can't come and play something. So they can often get jobs if they're decent, you know, decent uh, musicians. Oh, they, and they pay that. a lot of money. When she was oh, just um, in college, she used to play the flute for not just our parish, but a bunch of them, and even up at the seminary. And she would make a couple of hundred dollars to play for one mass. Yep. So, so that can pay really, really well. Um, also, it's an opportunity to meet other nice families. So if, for example... Uh, a, a mom with young kids sees this, oh, this really nice family with a bunch of teens and some of the kids are altar servers. They seem so nice. They help straighten up the church after mass, whatever it is. You know, let your kids go over to them and say, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for jobs, babysitting or, or cutting the grass or whatever. 
and I'm homeschooled. Right. So, so if that mom has to take her six month old to the pediatrician's office to get, you know, vaccines or something, she doesn't have to drag the rest of the kids into an, you know, into a pediatrician's office for sick kids. Right. And as a homeschooling mother, you can adjust the work. And this is a good good work ethic thing to teach them. Okay, I'm going to let you go serve the funeral or do a mother's helper thing from 10 till noon to help the, to the lady with the big family. You have to manage your time now and still get your work done. Right. So You'll have I, to do I homework will, tonight or something. Right. right. I will concede that you you want to go out and do this and that's fine. And my I have a daughter who's 16 who does mother helper for a lady who works from home. She goes and watches the kids twice a week for a couple of hours. But now you have to work you know, in the evening or on the weekend or something like that. Which is, by the way, great for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. Great, I'm... great life training to to learn how, well, I have a certain number of responsibilities I have to live up to, and this is how I'm going to do it, to have a plan to, to handle that. Uh, but, you know, you could even make little business cards up for your kids, or they can make business cards up for themselves. And if they see a nice family, they can put, you know, mow lawns, <laughs> shovel snow, babysit, and and give it to the family so that uh, mom has the number. Most, my one daughter has two little kids. Uh, the oldest one is in pre-K. And uh, she says, I'm delighted to find a nice family with teens. Oh, yeah. I'm delighted. You know, for my husband and I just want to go out. We've decided, it's you know, at, at eight o'clock on a Friday night, it's a beautiful night. We'd like to take a walk. Kids are in bed. I can call this kid that lives in my parish up and she'll come over for an hour or two. And it's worth it to me to pay her so I can just get out. We take a walk. We stop and get a drink or whatever. Um, so th those are really let people know in the community that you're nice kids. Are, and I have another daughter. That, by the way, actually, that's the same daughter that has the two little kids now. When she was a teenager, she had a babysitting a number of parents that she babysat for. If she was free on a Friday night, she'd actually send out texts. Hi, this is Laura. I'm free on Friday night if anybody's looking for a babysitter. Wow, that's smart. That's really she smart. always got my kids to do that. That's smart. If you're just sitting around. Yeah, she you know. always got she always got something because, you know, Mary Ellen and Dave weren't thinking of going out, but then they found but, out, oh, nice little Laura down the block. Yes. Is available. Gee, honey, why don't we all go, you know, go take in a movie? I would have been all over that. Yeah, really a lot of people, only, she yes, never really, she never really wasted a text. <laughs> that's, that's, see, that's the kind of kid you're never going to have to worry about. They will always earn money. They, right? They'll never be borrowing money from you. You'll never be paying their mortgage. They will and always. And that was my goal, to be honest. One of my goals, I used to joke, I'd say, if the rest of us were all wiped out in a common accident, I wanted my kids to be able to survive after they were about 15 or so. That they would be able to have a job, rent a crappy little room, some you know, rotten little room someplace, and uh, be able to live without yeah. the rest of us. That they could live on their own. And I say that about all of my children. I have to say that about my siblings as well, to be honest. That uh, we would, uh, you know, if, if I used to joke that if, uh, you know, somebody nuked Chicago, my husband would set up a job sweeping nuclear waste out of your driveway for three bucks a driveway mm -hmm. or something. My <laughs> husband would have always found a way to make a living. Yes. Um, so anyhow, so let people know. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's even if the family doesn't need you because they have teens, maybe there's a grandma that needs them. Oh, another job that my kids had. Uh, if your children say play organized sports in the town and everybody knows them and they're reliable and they show up on time and the coach knows who they are, somebody has to line those fields. Right. Yes. That's a, with, with me. And I know your daughters did this too. We had um, Irish step dance 
And so once Katie got old enough, the, the lessons started to get really expensive oh, yeah. for daughters in Irish step dance. And I loved Irish step dance and I wanted them to continue doing it. But um, I got a discount for her because she would teach the three-year-old class. Yep. Or assist teach or whatever, or even just like manage the herd in the three-year-old class. But they're always looking for a little student assistant right. to help out. And one of my daughters, so she reached a point, she was an advanced dancer. Eventually she got her BFA in dance, but her lessons, she was at such a, they would have cost us thousand dollars a month. Thousand yeah. dollars a month. That's There's no crazy. That's like a mortgage payment. It's it was crazy. a mortgage. So I called up the the academy, lovely people, and they liked her because she was a really good kid and always showed up for her classes and was very polite and stuff. And I said, I know you have assistants at these classes who save on their tuition. Is there any way she could do that? Well, no, she's only 13 and she'd have to be, you know, we only take 14-year-olds. I said, Well, she's homeschooled, so she's available during the day. The whole conversation changed. Right, because that's when all the three and four year olds go. That's they go to the right. ten and eleven o'clock classes. Yeah, that's right. So she was able to do that. Eventually, she was so good they hired her. So not only all of the the actual employees, not the little assistants, but the actual employees of the dance academy, got their lessons for free, and she was getting paid. Yeah. See, it, it and it's all about that work ethic and that responsibility. She shows up on time. She does what she's told to do. She's pleasant about it. And that's really what this is about, honestly. It's teaching them how to navigate the real world of employment, which is not a subject you teach, but it's one you model and one you, I don't know, you just, you're constantly reinforcing because so many people go out into the world and don't seem to have these skills, right? I cannot tell you. They don't, they can't manage themselves this way. And it's- I cannot it's tell you sad. how, like I said, every time- Small business owners get together. That's all we talk about. It's downright boring. Yeah. My, uh, but, you know, we had one kid once that we hired and there were a set of videos. We, had, we owned a paint store. So there were a set of videos that kind of explained tints and how to tint things, which by the way, it's all done now with barcodes. You don't have to be a genius right. to do this. You really but you don't. Have to be, you have to know the lingo, right? You have you to know have the to, lingo. You have yeah. to know how to do it. So we had a, a, um, a, a computer set up in our decorating department that the kid could sit there and he could look at these. And when I say kid, by the way, he was in his early twenties, as I recall. And he took a nap. <laughs> the decorating ladies comes he over and says, you know, he's asleep nap. over there. He took a nap. He, took a nap. He, was, he had his head down. I guess he found it boring. He decided to take a nap. Well, I'm not going to get boring. a head <laughs> This is crazy. Or my, 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 one of my daughters did have a job. This is years ago at a fast food place. And, uh, she she was telling me the story that this one girl, they had just hired her, but she didn't show up for work one day. And then she showed up the next day. And the guy said, well, where were you yesterday? Oh, my mother's boyfriend took the car. <laughs> like, How is that my problem? Get a ride, figure it out. I mean, walk if you have to. And if you can't, you call up and lie and say you're sick or your grandmother just died. The joke used, the joke used to be, I had one brother-in-law who used to joke and say his grandmother must have died like 25 times. <laughs> That was his yeah, excuse. They don't have the presence of my, and to think ahead or I don't know. It's just Kate, Kate, my oldest daughter was working one summer in a pharmaceutical company near here for in the finance department, in the accounting department. Sure. Um, a friend of ours needed somebody and hired her. And she said, the friend said to me, I wish she could, I wish she was ready for full-time work because she was in college. Right. Um, she shows up 
She d- and she dresses. This was a big deal. She dresses appropriately. She dresses appropriately. Now yeah. they were a casual office, so she could. She wasn't wearing like dress up clothes, but she said you would not believe how many people just come to to work in leggings and a t shirt and flip flops oh, yes. because they think that's like business casual is not leggings a t shirt. That's that's like what you clean your kitchen in. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you do the gardening and then you come in and take a shower and put on regular clothes. She she would wear jeans, but she would wear nice jeans and a nice shirt and a blazer and she would wear shoes. <laughs> she, yeah. And she spoke politely to people and they didn't like they don't get that a lot in, in the business world. I mean, this is a this is a, an accounting office. You right. know, it's a business office. It's not like, I don't know. I don't even know where it would be appropriate to wear that, a car wash maybe. Or well, something. Yeah, <laughs> Look, I, I did HR for a state agency actually in the city of Chicago for a while. And it was horrifying how people would show up. I mean, really, they would show up like, um, you know, with with a, a rag in their hair or um, I don't I don't even know. I can't even tell you the uh, belly button shirts. That was one of my favorites. Oh. So they could show up their belly button piercing. That was that was the big thing at the time. My goodness. Well, Or, well, this goes back to what I think we talked about this before. We should probably talk about it more often than we do. Basic courtesy. Don't show up for a job interview with a Starbucks cup in your hand. Oh, I know. Everywhere you go, they're ubiquitous, these coffee cups. (laughs) They're just, everybody feels the need to have one in their hand all the time. I don't get that. Rude. Don't show up (laughs) to an interview with a coffee cup in your hand. So I was so, I was so desirous, so passionate about getting this job that I stopped for a coffee on the way. <laughs> it, it just, it gives those, so learn. And this is something, and, and maybe we, again, we should do probably three shows on this one, but as part of learning how to work, we've talked about showing up, showing up on time, doing the job you're being asked to do, being enthusiastic, seeking more responsibility, but also basic courtesy. Right. I actually have that on my list of things we should do is like social skills and manners. Oh, man, is this a huge one? Um, Because it's not, it doesn't seem to be easy for anybody anymore because they all stare at screens all day long. Nobody interacts with people. And and they used to actually teach it to us when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. We were taught courtesy. We really and truly were. Uh, You were never allowed, for example, to do something or to receive something without writing a thank you note later. Right. That would have been considered the height of rude. Well. Well, you know, uh, if you go for a job interview and you send your interviewer a nice note, you know, dear Mr. Smith, thank you so much for meeting with me. Uh, I thought that we had a really great interview and I'd love to know how I can move the process forward. That is going to move you up on the list of of potential candidates here. It just is. My one son went to uh, a military high school, the New York Military Academy, where Trump went, by the way. Trump wasn't there at the time, but (laughs) same school. And believe me, we weren't as rich as Trump. But um, I remember the, it, it was a boarding school, but my son didn't board. He lived, you know, at home. And a lot of his friends would come to stay the weekend at our house Aww. to get out, to get off the campus, which you understand. And they weren't allowed to have civilian clothes on campus because, the, the and probably rightly so, the school figured, well, if these kids have civvies. They're going to take off all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So they had to, they had to have their military clothes on on campus. And that's how they would show up at my house on a Friday afternoon. And okay, so that first of all, just seeing all these kids walk in in those uniforms was I quite know, that's so nice. <laughs> but there was more to it than that because I guess the military manners, they would walk in and these are kids I saw every weekend. And they'd walk in and say, this is so nice of you to have us again, Mrs. Super. Thank you so much, ma'am. 
And then my husband would come home and they'd hop to their feet, walk over, put their hand out. Sir, so good to see you again. Thanks for having us. That kid is going to have a step up yes. for any, any job that they ever go for. It really distinguishes you now. And, and it's gotten to a point where I very much notice Me children who, who who go that extra mile. My son's in a Boy Scout troop. Sometimes there's a situation you're driving a kid home from something or you're picking them up and taking them. And the kids who get out of the car and turn around and say, thank you, Mrs. Barrett, for the ride. Like, wow, that's a nice kid. And then you notice the ones who don't. They just hop out of the car and go off. Well, they presume, like, of course, she, my, my mother called her. Yeah. Of course, she's going to give me a ride. I mean, it doesn't mean he's a bad kid. It's just no, that nobody it's just he hasn't been him. properly taught. One of the things that my son does, uh, we live part-time with him, and uh, he has six kids. And he, he said, you're not going to eat like savages at the dinner table. Yeah. So <laughs> while they're eating dinner, he'll he'll give a question like, what was the best thing that happened to you today? And each kid has to go around and answer the question. Now, it seems a little silly in some ways, but actually it's teaching them how to make polite conversation. Right. Small talk is a very big deal in the business world. It or is. In, any, in any kind of situation where, where you're just meeting new people and stuff to have that kind of a social skill. We're, we're getting off track, but we have to yeah. do that. We It's on the list. But, but that is a big part. Remember that one, though, that it is a big part of training your kids to to get employment in a time when it's harder for, as we just said, for teens to get employment. If they go up in church and say, hi, my name is Ginny Suford. And, uh, you know, you have this great family. I'm looking for babysitting jobs. So here's my number if you're ever interested. And and. The employment is important when they're teenagers for all the reasons we've said, like responsibility and showing up on time and giving them um real life experience and time management and all of these things. But it's also good for them to learn how to manage money and to oh, have yeah. their own money. And if if you're the kind of family where they maybe have to kick in a little bit here and there or um, saving for things, my kids have all wanted to go to Camp Veritas, um, which is run by, I think, the Sisters of Life and the Franciscan Sisters and, and brothers. And so the girls go to one camp and the boys go to another. And um, But it's about $300 for the week, which is, is a very... Um, small amount of money to pay for a week of, you know, away camp. But it's a lot of money if you have two or three going. So I would say to them, however much you save toward the camp, I will match it. Right. You know, but it has to be, it had to be a minimum of $100 or something like that. So to see how really, how badly they really wanted to go to camp. Right. Do you really and want to go or does it sound like fun? And if mom pays for it, I'm thrilled. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> they would, they would work. And most of them made most of the money. To go the to other camp. advantage to that, by the way, because my kids have done things similar to that. You go to this camp and the people there like you and you're a hard worker and you don't give them any trouble. You're a counselor next year. So, yep. So anyhow, uh, I hope we kind of gave you an idea of how important it is for your children to, first of all, develop a great work ethic, but also develop working skills. Right. Like courtesy, uh, showing up on time, being uh, a little aggressive about yourself, like, you know, putting yourself forward and saying, gee, I'm looking for a job babysitting. I'm free on Friday afternoons, that sort of thing. These are life skills that will serve your children into Social Security. Yes. And, and I just want to make the quick point that if you are there are people out there who feel like it would be hard for them to have their children go get a job because they maybe they don't need the money. Maybe you're in very good circumstances. Then you have them volunteer. You have them do right. something like that. Like they show up at a regular volunteer job because um, somebody actually, when I worked on the uh, trading floor, most of those people were wealthy. And I had 
one boss discuss with me, how am I going to teach my children a work ethic? Because this was a multi, multi-millionaire. Right. And he said, the I've, kids I knew would, they didn't need to make, they don't need the money. money. So what, I'm going to send my kid out to get a job and take it away from a kid who needs the money. And I, and the, the conclusion was a regular volunteer job. So if you are in that position where your children really don't need the money, but you still want to instill a work ethic, there are volunteer positions out there. And I think that's probably the best way to do it, where they still have to show up on time and be courteous. And it's all the same skills, all the same. Right. You're just not getting a paycheck. Yeah. And, and whether you're doing it as a volunteer or whether you're doing it for a paycheck, the other thing is that this really creates in your children confidence and competence. Yes. Yeah. That Which, they feel like they can tackle a job and they feel like if I work hard enough, I can be good at this. And then you're you have all these wonderful Catholic leaders, you know, growing up and and running our world. And and that's really what we're about here. Right. In homeschooling. That's what we that's my do. big thing. I have yeah. to be honest with you. Whenever I hear par parents say, well, I just want him to get in a good education. No, no. I want him <laughs> to get a great education. I want him to be terrific. I want and not every one of our kids will be Antonin Scalia. No, that's no. okay. Somebody has to be the mayor of your town. Somebody has to be the Boy Scout leader in your town. Somebody has to be the president of the parish council. About a thousand things that we could say, and I want those all to be good Catholics. Every right, one of them. all to be good moral leaders with with the Catholic worldview, and and you're sending them out, and they are living the gospel, and that is, and and they're doing it well, and they're they're being a credit to to our faith and and you as parents and just everything so and modeling it for other people yes we yeah. have had lots of i don't know if i want to call them reverts or converts or whatever but people who have become involved with our family for various reasons friends of my other children who have changed their lives because they see the gee having a big family really isn't drudgery and misery <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so you you that's that living the gospel what preach the gospel but if necessary, use if words. necessary, use words, right? So, and and your kids can be that, you know, behind the counter at McDonald's or yep. wherever it is. They they can absolutely be that, and that's that's really what we're encouraging you guys to uh, to teach them. So, I, I think that winds us up for today. I think it does. I'd like to thank our sponsors, and I'd like to thank our listeners. You know, we've been really happy to uh, see how popular the podcast is yeah, becoming. We're so blessed. Yeah. Thank you so much for the support. We really, really appreciate it. We're, we're just doing this mainly to encourage you and inspire you and to tell you guys how terrific we think you are because you're all heroes. You really are. So you're doing a great job. And and we're very grateful for the, the numbers and the support. So anyhow, uh, again, find us wherever you listen to podcasts, like and subscribe and tell your friends about us. God bless you. God bless you. See you next Wednesday. It's great. I think my seat in education really gave me a lot of the truth, um, but it was cool to go into an area where you could dialogue with other people and kind of pursue the truth in a different way than just than receiving it. To learn not only in the class how to be good or, or what is good, <laughs> um, but then to also learn outside the class, learning from, from learning through relationship. I've grown so much as an individual because I can engage not only with the text we read in class, but anything I encounter in the world, I am able to say, okay, uh, this is Hegel talking. I can figure out how to find the truth with people who don't even really know how to dialogue well um, because I've been taught so well how to dialogue in the classroom and outside of the classroom with, with sparring with friends. I'm Anthony Klein, a Seton Home Study School graduate and a junior here at Belmont Abbey's Honors College. The Honors College at Belmont Abbey. To learn more, visit www.bac.edu slash honors.